This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We're a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. Absolute delight to introduce our guest speaker today, Thomas Urquhart from uh, Inverness Vineyard. Thomas and his wife Mary planted out of Catalyst Vineyard in 2017, where they were formerly his site pastors in the Ellen uh, location as well. Um, and we are so glad that he's here. He helps to, to look after and oversee all the new church plants in Scotland as well, um, including us. Uh, and we're very, very thankful that he's taken time out this morning to share God's word with us. So I'm just going to pray, Thomas, uh, just that God would be speaking to us this morning. Uh, we ask for more of your Holy Spirit in this place, that you would just um, meet with us, Lord, as we as we hear from you, just be with Thomas now as he brings your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. Oh, look at this. Thank you. It's the perfect height as well. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Right. Good morning, everyone. Morning. So uh, I give you greetings from the far north in Inverness. Had a bit of a road trip this morning. Uh, which was a wonderful drive. The roads were lovely and quiet, and we got a Starbucks as well. So it was a great start to Sunday morning. And uh, as I've already been introduced, I, I lead Inverness Vineyard Church along with my wife, Mary. And we've been there four and a half years now, and uh, enjoying it, loving it. My wife's from Inverness. I'm from the Vale of Leven, so not too far from here. And I spent most of my uh, childhood growing up there. And actually came to university here in Stirling uh, from, t- yes, 2002 to 2006. And uh, have great memories and lots of uh, great friendships. Uh, I've done business studies and human resource management. And as you can see, I'm doing nothing to do with that now. So uh, that's reassuring, I think. I don't know. And also alongside that, I am what's a mul- I'm the Multiply Regional Coordinator which is abbreviated as an MRC. And basically what that means is I I work for the Vineyard Movement a day a week, helping church plants in Scotland, helping people who think, I might church plant one day, having conversations with them, and also uh, church plants that have have went out, I help them along and tell them all the mistakes that we've made, and I learn a lot more from them than they do from me. So I, I do that as well. And it's amazing actually coming here to Sterling Vineyard, having journeyed with Hannah over uh, the last few years and seeing it in the flesh, seeing it happen, it's actually really moving. And Hannah, it's incredible. She's timed it really well, hasn't she? Me coming along this morning with the baby being born this morning as well. But uh, Hannah and Stan are just the best and we love them lots. And we can see that you do too. And it's great. So it's a privilege to speak to you this morning. And we're going to be looking at Exodus this morning. And this, I guess this has been in my heart since we, we're going to look at Exodus 18. And it's been on my heart a lot since churches have got back meeting together. So obviously we've had two years of online, two years of social, just all sorts of stuff happening in terms of our Sunday context. And, and now we're back and seeing each other and in each other's company again. And a lot of it, we've managed to slot right back in into how things were before. But if, uh, if we're being honest as we reflect, a lot of it is, is, is a bit different. 
and maybe it feels a bit different. And for some of us maybe here this morning, there's maybe a bit of an ongoing struggle as we step back into what normal should look like and we can't quite work out what it is. I have definitely, as I reflect back on the last two years, found this last year a lot more difficult. I found it a lot more harder just in terms, uh, I, I can't really pinpoint it, but I'm processing it and, and giving it to Jesus and trying to step forward and remind myself that this journey that we, we, we do, we're not to do it in isolation. We're not to do it in isolation. And because of the last two years, we've all experienced isolation. And many, many of us are perhaps still dealing with stepping out of isolation. And I, I want to humbly speak into this moment uh, to Sterling Vineyard, to you, ch church family, and maybe God is in it. So we're going to read Exodus 18. And Exodus is a great book detailing God's great rescue plan for his people who are in slavery using a, an amazing, well, actually a really ordinary man doing extraordinary things in Moses. A man who had his wobbles, but God used them. A man who had his setbacks, but God used them. So Moses is leading God's people out of slavery. He's seen amazing things happen, the parting of the Red Sea, and they're now in the wilderness. And in chapter 17, just before, we see that the Israelites were complaining to Moses about not having water. And uh, as we as we journey that, I, li I like to call it uh, grumbles, rumbles, and stumbles. We see lots of grumbles, lots of rumbles, and lots of stumbles from God's people on this journey. Even though they're seeing God do amazing things and provide amazing things for them on this journey, they still have a focus on the troubles and forgetting the magnitude of what they've been through and how God had got them through. So we're going to read verse 7 to 27. says this, so Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. They greeted each other and then went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law about everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake and about all the hardships they had met along the way and how the Lord had saved them. Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel in rescuing them from the hand of the Egyptians. He said, praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hands of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh who, and who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that God is greater than all other gods for he did this, he did this to those who treated Israel arrogantly. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law in the presence of God. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge? While all these people stand around you from morning till evening. Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I'll give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his de decrees and instructions and show them the way they're to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over the thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens. 
Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they'll share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you'll be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, the simple ones they decided themselves. Then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way and Jephro returned to his own country. Amen. Amen. I've uh, called this talk, We Can't Do This Alone. We can't do this alone. I want to share a, a story with you as, we, uh, as, a, as a start this morning. We had baptisms on Easter Sunday at Loch Ness, which in my opinion is one of the greatest places in the world to have uh, baptisms. Uh, it was wonderful. But I, I was remembering a story from years back when we were meeting in a school similar to this. We were site pastors in Ellen, just north of Aberdeen. We were running a wee church community there. And we had a mobile baptism tank. Uh, which is quite a contraption you have to build and then pull the rubber over the top of it. And we filled it up uh, via the janitor's office. So in, in amongst everything, setting up screens like this, chairs, everything else, we had to get a pipe from the janitor's office out into the car park and we'd leave that pipe and let it fill. And I thought, great, it's filling up. I'll come back when the countdown starts at 25 past 10. So I pottered along, done all the other jobs. Are you going to give us a wee solo? <laughs> I, I got on with all my wee jobs and a uh, countdown started so I thought I'm going to go out and I'm going to check the baptism tank and check that it's ready to go so I, I went out to the car park and I checked the baptism tank I was I was feeling pretty I had a lot to do so I was feeling quite under pressure and there was no water going in it was the right level fantastic it's ready someone's turned it off I'll just pop into the janitor's office I wish I'd never popped into the janitor's office there was a flood there was a flood of epic proportions. The hose was kind of flying all over the place. As I walked in, the water was kind of hitting nearly my socks. And uh, I looked, my wife, Mary, had just arrived. And she's like, what's wrong? And I just said to her, I think we're going to need some kitchen roll. And she had a wee look in and she's like, we're going to need a lot more than kitchen roll. We got some towels and two people, God bless them, had to stay in that little office the whole time, wringing out the towels and then going out to the car park and drying out that whole room that was, that was flooded. And I, I, I met the assistant head during the week uh, for a chaplaincy meeting and she whispered to me, I heard you had fun on Sunday. And I was like, we're going to get chucked out of the school. But thankfully, it was getting demolished later in the year so it was absolutely fine we were absolutely fine now you're probably wondering why am I telling you that story it was one of those mornings where I tried to do everything myself and I've entitled this talk we can't do this alone we can't do this journey alone floods can happen where we feel like we're overwhelmed and we're not to stand alone there's three questions I want to ask this morning, uh, following this passage, when we see Jephro coming to visit Moses. And the first question I want to ask us is, who is celebrating with us? Who is celebrating with us? If we look at Moses' relationship with Jephro, this is his father-in-law, we know that he loved and respected him. And it says that when Jephro arrived, Moses bowed down and kissed him. Jephro was delighted to hear all that God had done how he'd brought freedom from slavery, release from Pharaoh's grip, and now leading them through the wilderness. And there's a closeness and a connection here. We read in verse nine, he was delighted. He was delighted. And you can picture it. 
Can you know, tell me more? What's God done? This is incredible. We read that he threw a party to celebrate. In verse 12, he brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses, his father-in-law, in the presence of God. It must have been so great for Moses to have that kind of encouragement, given that the Israelites were doing their, their grumbles, their rumbles, their stumbles, having a moan, having a groan. You can see I like my rhyming. But they were just not happy. They were looking at all the things they lacked and not what God was providing. We all, uh, well, I love a celebration. I love a meal. And uh, I love a meal together. With, well, I love a meal because we need a meal. But I love a meal with friends. I love gathering around the table with family and friends. And Jesus loved eating around the table as well. He loved spending time with people. And in the midst of testing times, I've had friends and family that have helped me look at what God's doing and to share and to celebrate in the midst of, of trials, in the midst of when life is tough, when we get around the table. And sometimes we can be so busy looking down at the struggles that we're facing that we need to be reminded to look up at the bigger picture of what God is actually doing. And we can find our perspective often skewed when we try to do it alone, when we try to live uh, in, a, in a place of wanting to handle things ourselves. The worries can become giants and the joy can become like specks of dust that we struggle to see. And the difficulty that we find ourselves, all of us just now, this uh, journey that we're on, is that we've en we entered into uh, an enforced isolation period. And some of us perhaps are finding it hard to step back out. We're getting stuck. Or it feels like we're walking through treacle to kind of step out of this season that we've, be we've been in. Can I encourage just some practical, very simple things? We need to get round a table and eat with friends again. We need to get the takeaways and celebrate what God has done and to say, what, what's God doing in your life? What's Jesus saying to you right now? We need to have those games nights again with our friends. We need to invite our neighbors round and have barbecues. We had one yesterday and I had to go back inside at two o'clock because I burn very easily. You might think I was think just now, my wife said, you have to go in the shade now. This is not in my notes, but <laughs> you have to go in the shade now because you will look shocking tomorrow. So this is me going inside at 2 p.m. But we need to have barbecues again. We need to learn or relearn how to celebrate I want to ask us, who's celebrating with us? Who's helping us put our worries back in their rightful place and take joy by the hand again and celebrate what God's doing? And when I look back to all the big and small wins in my life, I think of the absolute importance of close friends and family who have been ready to celebrate with me, just like Jethro was there for Moses to remind me of what is important and how to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. And Moses wasn't out of the woods. There were still struggles, but it filled his tank. Now, it might not be your father-in-law, but do we know someone or a group of people maybe that will take delight in all that God's doing in our life? Do we know who those people are? Remind us of a, or help get our perspective back in order. We need a cheerleader in the big and small winds who will speak over us and keep us from living inside our heads and skewing our perspective. And that's something Mary and I try to uh, remember and try to do more and more for each other. 
We try to keep a small bottle of uh, bubbly in the fridge at all times, even if all we're celebrating is that there's a small bottle of bubbly in the fridge when times are tough. Uh, Schlur is our favorite just now. We have three boys, uh, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a 12-week little boy called Daniel. Uh, But Schlur's good because Joshua and Struan, our two eldest, can join with us. And we get around the table and we try to ask, you know, what, what are you celebrating? What's went well? What's God doing? What's our encouragement today? wonder if some of us need to, to do that and pick up that practical step. What are we thankful for? The enemy loves to get in between all the good that God is doing and to discourage us. We'll always have struggles. We'll always have battles, battles and blessings. Always, they kind of stand alongside each other in our walk with Jesus. There'll be things that the enemy will try to do to distract us from the call on our lives. So we must choose to focus our eyes on the winds, focus our eyes on what God is doing right now, even when we don't feel like it. And I feel that's so, so important as well. I've had so many conversations uh, with folk who, before they step into somewhere, it's a Sunday context or uh, small groups or just spending time with people, there's kind of like a huffing and puffing. Oh, I don't know if I've got it in me to go. I don't know if I can do it. And I've got to be honest, I've had Sunday mornings like that. You know, wake up and you go, oh. But I know every time I make it, I'm blessed. Every time I make it, when I leave the building, I go, imagine if I never went this morning. I needed that. You realize how much you need it. And I think that's exactly the same when it comes to spending time with each other. When we get into that space, we'll not regret it and we'll come away going, oh my word, that filled my tank in a way that I never thought was possible. So uh, one of my favorite movies are the Toy Story movies. Anyone else like the Toy Story movies? Yes. We went to the premiere in Inverness. That sounds like it's a big thing, the premiere in Inverness. The first showing in Inverness, my son dressed up as uh, Woody, and I dressed up as Buzz. I'm joking, I didn't dress up as Buzz. He dressed up as Woody. We're the only ones in the cinema, and I cried a little bit at the end of Toy Story 4. I've got to admit, it was quite emotional. Uh, But that... Why am I mentioning that movie? There's a scene in the very first movie where uh, I think it's Woody says to him about Andy's moving house and he's speaking about moving buddies. And me and, Ma- me and Mary like this little line because he goes, moving buddy, if you don't have one, get one. And if you've not got someone in your life who will celebrate the big and small wins in your life, get one. <laughs> Think about that, who that person is. We need to have earthly cheerleaders, cheerleaders as well as a heavenly one. In Zephaniah 3.17, fantastic verse, fantastic promise. says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. What a comfort that is. What a comfort. So who's celebrating with us? Secondly, who is challenging us? The celebrating story didn't last forever in this passage. It says the very next day. So they're having a bit of party celebrating what God's doing. And then Jephro sees something that isn't quite right. In verse 13. So Moses was back to work doing his usual business. Jephro told him, this is not good. Why do you sit alone as judge? Jephro saw that Moses was trying to do too much. And it was becoming more about Moses 
Moses said, the people come to me to seek God's will. And Jephro had the foresight to see where this was going. Verse 18 says, you and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. I want to share this morning that we need not only to share celebrations with each other, but also to have somebody to challenge as well. Who's challenging us? Both sides. We need the challenging, the pruning Our Christian life should be in partnership with each other. And often it takes a fresh pair of eyes to look in and to to call stuff out in us. And this was the case with Moses. He was too busy working away, doing all he could in the best way he could to help the people. But it wasn't until Jephro came along to visit that he's seen with fresh eyes, hey, what you're doing, this isn't great. It's not headed in the right direction. You're carrying too much. His love wanted to protect him. And you know, Jephro could have let it go. But was that really loving him? You know, seeing where the predicament Moses was in? No, he called it out. I know as a dad to three boys now, they need constant help and correction and learning moments and moments where I say, stop, don't go there. Because you know what will happen? Often that happens at the edge of something really precarious where they've climbed somewhere. I'm like, how did you even get up there? I'm surprised not, Joshua never made it up there. But stop. Because there's moments where I definitely don't want them to get to the stage of, I don't want them to learn for themselves. I don't want, I don't want something bad to happen. And it's exactly the same for us in our walks with Jesus. The scripture, scriptures tell us in Proverbs 27 that iron sharpens iron. And we need people in our lives who will be honest with us and say, hey, what you're doing there isn't good. People who love us that will explain why we should reevaluate what we're doing to realign and to uh, walk with Jesus closer. Somebody once said, love is not an affectionate feeling, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. We know that Jethro wanted the best for Moses and loved him. That's why he spoke up. I wonder how we feel when challenge comes. What stirs up inside us when someone says to us, hey, that's not, that's not great what happened there. What does that stir? How are we feeling right now when we mention that? What are we thinking about? And it can be hard to challenge. It can be hard to be challenged. Maybe God is moving you to speak into someone's life right now where you see something that isn't good and your heart's actually breaking. Or maybe you know that you need someone in your life right now like that. Or maybe you know you have that person in your life right now, but your reactions and responses perhaps haven't been great. Perhaps there's been a defensive moment or a fearful moment. And when I was looking at this passage and preparing for this talk, one of the things that struck me was how open Moses was to Jephro. It says later in verse 24 that Moses listened and did everything that Jephro told him to. Moses was open to change. He was humble and understood that God's kingdom was bigger than himself and he had a soft heart. He was willing for correction. He was willing for someone to, or permission for somebody to speak in to his life. I wonder if we are quick to listen and change. Is there something that God is trying to speak to us about? 
Let's be a people who are ready to submit, ready to change, to have soft hearts and to love each other in not just the celebrations but the challenges. And then the final point that I want to bring this morning is that we are better together, which sounds like a political slogan. It definitely isn't. It's just to draw things to a close this morning. From verse 21, we read the advice that Moses was given. Select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain. Appoint them as officials over lots of people. Have them serve as judges and let them bring every difficult case to you, but the simple ones Moses can do. And here's a line here, that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you'll be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. We all have a part to play in the mission together. I love that line that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. We are to be a people that are to share the load so we can stand the strain, so we can move in to the more. So we can stack our yeses. And we see that with teams happening, making things like these services happen. We can see that with Ali and Fee stepping in with Hannah and Stan having their baby. And this is just the beginning for Sterling Vineyard. It's not God's intention for us to do this journey alone. We see that Jesus did life with others. We see that constantly in God's word with groups and communities and churches doing life together. And there's lots of things going on in the life of the church uh, with worship nights, with small groups, with lunches. And I just want to encourage us not to do this church stuff alone, to join a small group, to find a place to serve, to, to lighten the load. And if there are folk this morning who are feeling quite stuck in, our, in your journey can I encourage you, if you haven't already, to find a small group, find a place to serve. If you're feeling disconnected, find a small group, find a place to serve. We need a group of people that we see week after week who know what's really going on, a group of people uh, who are invested in our lives as we are invested in theirs. We had our baby 12 weeks ago and the most amazing thing happened because we had three weeks worth of meals from our church family. It was wonderful. At the end of the three weeks, I said to Mary, shall we have another? Shall we have another? Get another. <laughs> it was amazing. Like Every night I was like, what? So we had the menu. Oh, we've got chicken korma tonight, pizza tomorrow. I mean, it made my day. I woke up in the morning like, I'm going to check what we're having tonight. It was incredible. It was incredible. It was incredible to have just family loving, loving upon us in our time of need. And uh, there's always meals going around, as I'm sure is the same here for people having babies, for people moving house, for people who are really not doing too well, who are sick. And I love it. And it's good to focus on why we do it. As we live in community together, really loving each other like Jesus, in these moments, we're being Jesus's hands and feet. We're being the best introduction to him and the best reminder of him. We're pointing each other to him. And uh, we're moving on the nudges. Can I encourage you to be a people that move on the nudges of God when you feel a little nudge? Oh, I could do that. That might just be the Holy Spirit. And there might just be a God story in the mix of that. Ah, oh, I, could, I, could, I could make a meal for them. Oh, there's a lot of that food. Oh, why am I thinking of them? Let me text them. Let's go and do it. 
just to move on those prompts, move on the nudges. Let's be a people that celebrate and challenge together, that take joy in all our wins, big and small, a people who are real and honest with the things that we struggle with. God uses community to share his hope. Let's remember that we're in it together. We need each other and we need Jesus. And maybe as I've been speaking, you feel a little bit of yourself resisting or feeling some, uh, some stuff bubbling up off the back of this. Perhaps there's a moment of surrender. Perhaps there's a moment of healing that God wants to do this morning. Maybe you've been holding it back. Maybe you've been playing it safe as we come out of this season that we've been in. Maybe there's a moment just to ask God humbly this morning, what does this look like for me right now? Why don't we all stand? And we're just going to have a, just a little moment of waiting on God. Just a, a, a little moment of silence. I'm just going to say a very simple prayer. And let's just be open to what God wants to do. He's perhaps been stirring some stuff off the back of me speaking or perhaps not with me speaking at all. Perhaps there's been something completely different that God's just been highlighting. It could have been the word in one of the songs. It could have been that we'll just come in knowing that we need to surrender. We need to hand some stuff into Jesus' hands this morning. So I just want to pray. Come, Spirit of God, would you increase your presence? We open our hearts to you. You're here. You're here. You know us. You know everything that is going on. You know everything that we're carrying. You know our hopes and dreams. You know our struggles and strains. You know what's laying heavy on our shoulders right now. Let me just invite you in. Thanks for listening to the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church.